Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. Good afternoon and welcome to Engage for Success Radio Show number 477, venturing into a new category of employee benefits. Today we're going to be talking about achieving a new era of employee and employer well-being. I'm Joe Dodds, your host for today. I'm an engagement consultant working within the Engage Success core team. Engage Success movement is an inclusive movement committed to the idea that there is a better way to work by releasing more of the capability and potential of people at work. We spread the word about employee engagement and shine a light on good practice, inspiring people and workplaces to thrive. And we're widely supported across the UK involving the public, private and third sectors. If you go to our website, engagesuccess.org, you can use the link at the bottom of the page to join our newsletter list and all our social media links are there too. My guest today is Christina Melling, who's co-founder and CEO of Stipendium. I think that's how you say it. Is that right, Christine? <laughs> it is, yeah. <laughs> good, good, good. So welcome, Christina. Thanks for joining me. Tell us a bit about who you are and what you do. Yep, thanks, Joe. Yeah, so I'm Christina Melling, and I'm the, as you said, the co-founder and CEO of Stipendium. So we effectively make it really easy for people to buy a house. Um, and what we've done as part of our proposition is we've allowed our products to be um, em- embedded into the employee value propositions within workplaces so that employers can actually reward their staff with um, the complete house buying journey, the complete remortgaging journey, the complete will writing journey, all these things that we, we experience in our lives, these lifestyle, lifestyle, mal- life, can't say it now. <laughs> milestone life events, there we go, um, that we're also uh, used to. So it's just making it quicker, simpler, and easier for their workforce, really. Wow. So that's, um, that's quite an unusual um, product in, in the sort of employment world. It is, yeah. I mean, I think I suppose we've been quite revolutionary, really, in playing a role of unlocking a new category of employee benefit in the form of financial well-being. So my co-founder and I, just over a year ago, we really wanted to find a way that um, effectively employers um, – could create the concept of total reward in-house um, and allow them to tailor individual employee circumstances and align the needs, sorry, one second, so allow them to invest in the life cycles of their employees in a way that's not been done before. So we came up with a platform that effectively allows their employees to save time, money and stress on, like I said, buying a house, remortgaging and, and will writing. So as I said, yeah, the products can be rewarded to the employees and accessed by way of voucher code. So we've, there's quite some innovative tech embedded there. And we've now successfully onboarded um, several of our products onto the UK's largest employee benefit platforms as well, which has been brilliant for us. So, yeah, we're just trying to allow employers to sort of play a, a larger role in the life cycles of employees by allowing them to sort of future-proof their employees insofar as investing in, in these milestone life events that we go through. Mm. So, uh, uh, are we sort of saying that this probably wouldn't have been possible before we had the technology to deliver it? I mean, it does sound like quite a sophisticated offering. Tell, tell me a bit more about how, how it works in practice. Yeah, so, yeah, so effectively, the, um, if we take the complete house buying journey, it's called Merge, and that takes anyone from mortgage to move-in. So, anyone who's looking to buy a house or wants to buy a house can effectively um, experience or go through the entire house buying journey just via our product alone. So they'll have access to their mortgage, their conveyance in, utilities, surveys, uh, furniture removal, locksmiths, cleaners, 
right down to a free takeaway on the first night in the house and everything else in between. But importantly, we've made it very educational as well. Um, so we wanted people to be very educated on the journey. 63% of people that embark on the, on the first time buyer journey, for example, don't know what the terms of their exchange completion mean. So we wanted to make it very, very easy for people to understand um, how to go through that journey. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's a really great tool to allow um, employers, like I said, to support their employees and also as a way to mitigate any absenteeism and uh, lack of productivity in the workplace because of the stress that's caused by by these events. Um, mm. We know that uh, stress cost the UK economy £121 billion in, in 2019, which is, which is huge. So if we can help to promote engagement in the workplace by providing employers with these tools for their staff, then, then that goes a bit further in uh, reducing that huge figure. Mm-hmm. So tell me a bit more about the whole concept of financial well-being in terms of employee engagement. I was saying to you before we came on air that uh, sort of, you know, back in the day, well-being was sort of bandied about everywhere. And then and, and then at some stage, I, I remember hearing financial well-being as, as being a sort of uh, element of, of the, the, the bigger picture, if you like. And I, I was reading something the other day that, that was saying that well-being sort of breaks down into five areas, financial being one of them, and I <laughs> said I couldn't yeah. remember what the other four were, but yeah. <laughs> I tried hard enough I could. But um, so it's starting to be much more sort of thought about by organisations. I, and I also almost think it, sort of in, in earlier days, employers probably didn't see that they had any responsibility for helping their employees to, to, to have that well-being around their financial situation and 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 lots of employee employers still probably don't think that but the more enlightened yeah. ones you know do and are doing something about it so yeah tell us a bit more about financial well-being and, and employee engagement and how that can help yeah so like i said i mean it's reported that financial stress cost the uk economy 121 billion in 2019 and for me that's sort of a pivotal stat that a lot of my actions has been based on over the last 12 months but financial well-being for me, it's a huge lever of mental and physical well-being. And I think it's important that employers who have staff who are struggling financially are able to um, help them by addressing their, uh, their employees' life cycles and providing them with the tools and knowledge to take them on the journey from being financially imbalanced to self-supporting. Now, 62% of employers admit that financial well-being affects engagement, yet only 41% of them currently are actually offering any solutions to tackle this. Um, so, yeah, we wanted to, to sort of fill that gap, really. But as mm-hmm. I said, financial well-being in the workplace has, and it's continuing to become an essential addition to a value employee proposition in order to maximise engagement and enable employers to uh, future-proof their staff in a new way while boosting engagement and productivity. So I saw a spike in the interest of financial well-being in the workplace following covid and I think that's because employee, employees were suddenly forced into the real life, how would you pay your mortgage if the world stops scenario. So I think yeah. now more than ever, there's a real opportunity to um, protect the financial and emotional interests of the varying demographics of employees within an organization and their individual circumstances, both intergenerationally and cross-generation, cross-generationally, sorry, by an employee value proposition um, by tailoring mm-hmm is to give employees the tools to address important factors such as buying a house and remortgaging and, and will writing. So, yeah, I mean, if we, we know that 511,000 people remortgaged last year. 
we know that there's millions of fixed rate mortgages set to come to an end this year. There were 400,000 first time buyers last year as well. Um, and if we if we think about the employers as well, these these tools regarding financial well-being can only benefit the employee employee and the employer because um, financial well-being perks, employee benefits, etc., are now in the top three reasons around why someone would choose to join a particular organisation. And 84% of employers admit that financial well-being tools um, bring in top talent. Mm-hmm. So. When organisations are, are investing in in this op- opportunity, are, are they actually investing um, in the in the technology and then sort of the introduction for you to help the people, or are they actually funding bits of it as well? I'm, I'm not sure how that. that yeah, no, I mean it's it's. I mean there, there are two two routes in which they can actually access our tools to give to their employees effectively. So they can either come direct to us or they can be accessed by way of employee benefit platform. So we've got our products now onboarded um, onto the biggest employee benefit platforms across the UK. So if you imagine, for example, we're used to seeing things like uh, discounted gym memberships and, and coffee perks and things like that, cinema tickets on these employee benefit platforms. Yeah. You can access your entire house buying journey or you, your entire remortgaging journey or your will writing journey. So that's how it kind of looks when we think of the employee benefit platforms and how that interacts with the with the employer, so that's how mm. that's how they set our solutions to their their staff effectively. So that yeah. so that means there's not a sort of cost barrier um, as far as you know if you think about employers and the, the size of organisation they are. Yeah, I mean the the, um, the employer will there is a fee associated with any uh, employee benefit platform generally yeah. that the employer um, onboards into their their workplace. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. There is there is a fee for our product. For example, the house buying journey is um, £199, but you don't pay any broker fees and you get discounted um, furniture and utilities, etc., right the way through the journey. So it actually mm-hmm. pays for itself um, just yeah. Yeah. by the fact that you don't pay any broker fees. No, but as in sort of when if companies are looking at investing in this sort of thing, it's, there's, it's sort of like a, a, a sort of a fixed price per employee type scenario and they just decide yeah. whether they... And afford it yeah. sort of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's just interesting because, as you say, you know, some, or as we've said already, some employers are more enlightened than others in terms of, of what they offer. And, um, uh, yeah. and I think, as you say, that, um, well, as we've said, this is quite a new concept um, for people to get yeah. their heads around. It doesn't actually, it almost sounds like ridiculously expensive because buying houses is. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, in the scheme of things, in terms of benefits generally, uh, you know, mm-hmm. it, I guess it's terrible from what you've said. Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, the whole, the whole, the whole journey is really inspired around my journey of, of, of buying a house, really, and I oh. suppose my co-founders as well. You know, we everything else in life has been simplified, um, right down to ordering a takeaway. You know, we've got delivery, we've got just eat, all these good things now. So. I thought, well, why has no one simplified the house buying journey? Why is that not digital? Why has it not been streamlined and defragmented? Because, as we all know, it's a very clunky, archaic journey. So we wanted mm. to sort of do that and make it easier, cheaper, and simpler for everyone. Mm-hmm. So how does yeah. that then with, um, enhance the employee value proposition from a sort of recruitment and sort of um, publicizing what you do for your employees' point of view? When people don't well, really know what it is at the moment, did you see what I mean? 
Well, I suppose what we what we do really is we we do a lot of marketing and PR on social media. I do a lot of sort of podcasts and things like that. Um, we we target employers directly as well, and we we sort of explain to them what our proposition how it, what our proposition is and how it can add value to their workforce. But we also rely on the employee benefit platforms as well to communicate the value of the tools that they've now got on their product on their platform mm-hmm. and how that can add value to the um, to the employees as well through the, through their means. So the routes markets are very varied, but we, we try to tackle them all in terms of how we communicate the value of, of our products to, to the employees via them. Yeah, yeah. So how do you see employee benefits developing in the future? I mean, it's, um, as, as yeah. you said, you know, organizations have got such different attitudes to it. In some places, you know, there just aren't any. <laughs> in others, yeah. sort of and obviously, you know, what we're talking here is a is a sort of new... Um, concept. So, how do you think it'll it'll grow and change over the coming years? I think we're going to see um, lots more employers than currently are um, onboarding the employee benefit platforms into their employee value proposition as a as a very basic answer. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot more health and wellbeing support. Um, I think there's going to be a bigger concept of what are called paternalism within the workplace. So the employer playing such a much bigger role in, in terms of future-proofing the life cycles of their employees than, than ever before. Um, things like the employee assistance programs, I think, will advance, and I think they need to advance. I think that a lot of the values lost in these in these products that sit on these employee benefit platforms a lot of the time. Um, I think we'll see more explanation and more education around pension schemes. Um, there'll be better and quicker ways to do things like staff surveys and HR communication tools and things like payroll integration and health insurance scheme management will be more advanced than it is now. There will probably be options for employees to select which insurer they want to go with, for example, via their um, employee value proposition that's been embedded. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I think the the employers now need to adapt to the ever-changing population and world that we live in as well. And I think employers are keener than ever to ensure that their employees and, and their their families as well, importantly, are as free as possible from any stress, be it financial, emotional, physical stress, and, and that they understand the terminology and the options and have a solid understanding of, of their personal finances and their lifestyles, as well as things like, you know, what happens when you retire and, and, and all, all that kind of good stuff as well. Um yeah, I think just over a third of businesses, so I think 37% of businesses expect their health and well-being budgets to increase in light of the, of the pandemic. Now, some of the issue and some of the reason why a lot of employers haven't onboarded um, employee value propositions or enhanced them or advanced them since COVID is because of um, resourcing issues. So I think now we're starting to see a lot more um, businesses um, expand their, their budgets. Um, 77% of businesses plan now to have a formalized health and well-being strategy within the next 12 to 18 months. Um, and we've got things like board-level sponsors that are sitting within the employer as well now to kind of act as a, um, a leader in campaigning for health and well-being within the workplace. Mm. So, yeah, that's where I see it going. More focused on what we're currently seeing and more adaptation to the way that the world's going as well. Um, I think there's a lot more that needs to be done in terms of, I think there's more employees than ever taking time out of work to care for loved ones or to deal with things like mortgages or uh, financial issues. So I think in the way that they will live in longer as well, 
So I think employee benefits will start to advance more into real life situations where, you know, we might look to offer care um, to anyone who's having to take time out of work to deal with loved ones and things like that. Mm. What about to those employers who say that it's got nothing to do with them and uh, they don't see the point of, of offering these sorts of things to their employees? What would you say to them? Well, I think that's a big risk in the world that we're living in and at the moment um, because there are the world is so competitive at the moment in terms of work and there are so many incredible offers out there in terms of employee value propositions um, people will just quite easily have their heads turned um, whether it's a larger salary or a better pension or um, yeah like we say the employee benefit offering is better or it's more accommodating to their their situation or their circumstances um, so the employee employee value proposition extends to being able to work from home as well. Um, so, yeah, things like that we need to we need to think about more. I think, and anyone any employer who's um, against embedding these these things into their proposition, I think, is at risk of losing some very talented people. Mm-hmm. And let's talk a bit about the actual platforms um, because some employers have you know a pension or they have you know medical cover or they have you know a combination of things that they've sort of independently gone out to to buy in but as you say you know you're 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 on some of the the main platforms and that's that's yeah. the way of packaging benefits mm-hmm. up for employees and and i mean you, you just mentioned about um the communication of a uh, you know somebody i i know works for an organization where um they do have a platform and they can get as you said I don't know things like discount on cinema tickets and things like that as well as all the other sort of benefits around medical and all that sort of stuff too but I don't yeah. see that they remember they've got that half the time and yeah. so you know it, it's like it's a potential really good benefit but because they forget that yeah. it exists it's not forefront at the forefront of their mind I, I sort yeah. of question how highly will they see it at times so um so tell, tell us again a bit more about the, the, the actual platforms because they, they, they provide a really yeah. comprehensive offer, but it does rely on them being used properly, doesn't it? They can do, yeah. I mean, there's, there's, I think there's a very fine line between perks and benefits. So for me, perks are the things like the, the coffees and the gym memberships and, and that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And then the actual benefits are the things that we holistically or digitalistically, should I say, the digital and holistic combined benefit us in, in, in a bigger ways. So... We've worked very closely with the UK's largest employee benefit platforms over the last 12 months. And I think the employee benefit platform market in itself has exploded over the last 12 months. And whilst employee benefit platforms were once reserved for larger SMEs to simplify their benefit administration, I think there's now an expectation for employers of all sizes to offer a form of employee benefit platform, especially as benefits are now, like I said, in the top three reasons as to why someone would want to, to work somewhere. Um, and it makes it much easier for businesses to manage their benefits via um, innovative means and etc. Well, uh, and it allows employees, um, it allows employers to learn about their employees as well, um, and they can actively target varying demographics of employees with certain benefits and rewards, and they can use MI to learn about their staff. Um, where I think there's a gap is that these platforms are becoming very advanced and they're becoming very competitive very quickly. And I think there's a danger that this may 
or if it's not already done so, alienate the target market because it's virtually now impossible to conduct a comparison of all the providers and all their platforms and all their tools and all their propositions at the rate that they're advancing their tech and their service and their propositions. Um, so, yeah, I think the platforms can sometimes might be in danger of whilst they're incredible at what they're, what they're doing. It can be maybe a bit too salesy for the purpose of hitting, t- hitting sales targets when the onboarding pro- tech process should be more of a holistic one that's tailored to the organization and the employees within it. And with, mm-hmm. the new, with the addition of new categories such as financial well-being to many employee benefit platforms, it's important that the teams within these organizations, within the employee benefit platform organizations, have an extended knowledge of any new and innovative products that sit on the platform so that they can explain the value that the employers can extract from the offering for the purposes mm-hmm. of their employees. So I've worked in three different organizations of very different sizes over the last 10, 12 years each of which had a different employee benefit platform. And the value that both the organization and us as employees were getting out of them was probably a tenth of what it should have been, like you said, because you just don't know that they're there and they don't get talked about. But importantly, Mm -hmm. naturally, when we're faced with problems like COVID, the employee benefit platform, as a result of it not being used or being paid attention to or no one knowing the value of it, the employee benefit platform it's so many pounds a month per employee. It's the first thing that goes um, mm. because it hasn't been embedded into the employee value proposition by um, the platform or the employer as a result. So I think a lot of work needs to be done around in, improving communication of the value of these platforms. So they improve employee engagement. They, they provide more meaningful insight on the demographics of, an, of a workforce for both the employer and the platform. They provide incredible communication and promotion of benefits. They reduce administration stress burdens, and they increase awareness amongst employees of what they've got accessible uh, accessible to them. Mm. Yeah. And what is the messaging? What should the messaging be to employees about such platforms? Do you think? I think every every employee should have detail of what it is that they've got access to via their employer when when mm. in an organisation. And, and any any amendments or changes or enhancements to everything they've got access to should be communicated to them. So for me, it's just take time, ask questions, contact the employee benefit platform, ask what does this product mean, what does it do, because you've got access to do so. Um, if there's a product on there that's not clearly explained or you don't quite understand what it is, ask the question, um, ask your employer. You know, that's that's, that's all it comes down to, really, is communication. Mm-hmm. And is there, you talk about um, sort of demographics and management information and sort of targeting employees and so on. Is there, do you think employees have concerns about sort of revealing personal information? I mean, I'm presuming, you know, that it's secure and they're, they're not necessarily doing that to their, you know, revealing it to their employer. But do, do you think employees sometimes might be concerned about that? You know, the idea of... Mm-hmm. They're buying a house, you know, that their employer knows what they're doing or that's what they think their employer knows what they're doing. You know, is, is that, do you think that might be an issue potentially? I mean, I'd hope not. Um, the, I mean, the product is, <laughs> the products that, the products that we've got on, on the system are completely locked and only accessible um, to, to the buyer. So to the employee who, who accesses it, they, they're the only ones that can access that and no employer or employee benefit, benefit platform would have any access to that data. Um, one, because part of it is regulated by the FCA, 
So I'd be very concerned if they had access to that, but um, I'm 100% convinced they would never have access to that. In terms of the data, though, um, that the employer might be able to get, it might be how many employers, uh, sorry, how many employees have um, used the platform to buy a coffee this week or downloaded the cinema ticket. Um, if we look, if we think about the employee assistance programs, for example, you might have uh, an employee that needs counselling or anything. They might be going through a bereavement and they, they access that program to get some counselling for that. They they would never even be able to get hold of um, any report from from the counsellor uh, without mm-hmm. the employee consent anyway. So for me, they're they're very well protected. They're very robust. They're very compliant and with the regulations and uh, data protection. I know for the employee benefit platforms is of um, the utmost priority. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, this, this technology that sits behind these employee benefit platforms, I mean, it's, it's, it's very robust. It's, it's taken a lot of development and they're, they're pretty innovative tools. So um, personally, yeah. I wouldn't have concerns over that. No, no. So if um, we've got employers listening who haven't really sort of done that much around their benefits or are looking to do something a bit more creatively, what sort of advice have you got for them sort of getting started and, and sort of thinking about financial well-being for their employees? Uh, well, one, contact me. <laughs> if, you want to, if you want to um, embed a complete house buying journey or complete remortgaging journey into your solution, that currently does not exist on the market apart from via us. Um, so if you wanted that, which is quite a unique but very important tool, then, of course, you, you can contact us directly. Um, aside from that, the, employee, the financial well-being category is, is relatively new. So there are products on several employee benefit platforms that will give you access to a financial advisor or a pension advisor, etc. Um, so, yeah, but that's, that's what I would advise. But, I mean, you, you can go onto any employee benefit platform's website and you can see what they've got to offer. Um, but yeah. it's, it's, knowing how to, it's, it's knowing the market, really, and knowing the due diligence that you need to do in order to find out which employee benefit platform is best suited to your workforce and your, your culture. So that in itself mm. is a task. So, yeah, there's, uh, I'd say that's a job for your HR. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lovely. So um, we've just got a couple of minutes left. Any sort of final points or, or comments that you'd like to, to make um, before we close? Um, just that, uh, really, I'm, I'm just... Over the last 12 months, I've been really impressed around how technology has played such a huge role in shaping the future of employee benefits, really, or all employee benefits as they currently sit now. Um, I think technology and employee benefits really is uh, a match made in heaven, really. We know that 82% of employers um, stated that they believe technology, such as employee benefit apps and, and things like that, will impact employee engagement very positively. So. Mm-hmm. We're definitely on the right track. I think we just need to ensure that we don't get too lost in the technology um, and we still maintain that, that that human touch as well throughout, which is really important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, thank you, Christina. It's been great talking to you today. Thanks for your time. Thank you. So to let you know, next week, Jo Moffat is back and she's interviewing Kevin Campbell, who is an employee experience scientist at Qualtrics and is also a founder of Lifted Leadership. So um, join Jo next week. Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work.